Welcome to another edition of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. And this edition is all about WWE SummerSlam 2021 and the positive and negatives of this pay-per-view as this pay-per-view continues to prove that WWE is this bleeping wrestling promotion. So there'll be no news, no horror in this episode. This is focusing on WWE SummerSlam 2021 that took place on August 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Before I go right into the positives and negatives of SummerSlam 2021, let me quickly run down the results for that event. The event started on the SummerSlam pre-show when Big E defeated Baron Corbin. The pay-per-view started off with the Raw Tag Team Championship as Randy Orton and Matt Riddle defeated AJ Styles and Amosis to become new Raw Tag Team Champions. Next match was Alexa Bliss over Eva Marie. Next was the United States Championship. Damian Priest defeated Sheamus to become the new WWE United States Champion. The Usos defended the SmackDown Tag Team titles by defeating Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. The SmackDown Women's Championship changed hands as Becky Lynch, who replaced Sasha Banks, defeated Bianca Belair in under 30 seconds. I'll talk more about that in this episode, guaranteed. Because I do have some words about this debacle. Drew McIntyre defeated Jinder Mahal. Charlotte Flair became Raw Women's Champion again as she defeated Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley in a triple threat match. Edge defeated Seth Rollins. Bobby Lashley retained his title by defeating Bill Goldberg in a referee stoppage for the WWE Championship. And in the main event, Roman Reigns retained the WWE Universal Championship, defeating John Cena. This episode is being dedicated to the all the positives and all the negatives for SummerSlam 2021, as is a ton of negatives about this show. But first, let's talk about the few positives on this pay-per-view. The Damian Priest versus Sheamus match for the USL was a good match. I had a good time watching that match. One of the things I really liked about this match is both of those wrestlers worked very well together in the ring. They had good athleticism. As this is the type of match I was expecting from these two. Because I've seen Sheamus, I've seen Damian Priest... And they're both very good in the ring. I like how they both worked very well. They told a very good story in the match. The action in this match was very good. I like how they really do a good job working on each other. There's some good psychology in this match, which really made this entertaining. I like how both of them really worked very well. There's some really good moves in this match. This had some very good near falls from both Sheamus and Damian Priest. This was a really fun match to watch. I enjoyed the fact that this was a good match, literally. Both of these wrestlers can go in the ring. To see this was very good. I liked how Sheamus teases the crowd with his chops beneath the ropes. He starts doing it, I think, once or twice, then just stops being the heel that he is. 
I thought that was a good moment. I also thought it was a very good moment with some of the near falls in this match. The one when Priest hits south from heaven for a near fall. The one where Sheamus nails Priest with a knee as Priest was springboarding off the ropes. I thought that was a very good near fall as well. The finish of the match is they were both in a figure four. Damian Priest rips off Sheamus's mask. They bow for a couple minutes. Then Damian Priest hits his finisher, The Reckoning, for the win. This is a very good match. I enjoyed this match. Sheamus is a very good wrestler. I have to admit, I didn't like him at the beginning of his WWE run. As his career has gone on, Sheamus has improved very well in the ring. And this is probably one of his better matches. I'm also happy that WWE decided to give the U.S. title to Damian Priest. You're going to push some people eventually in this promotion. And I like how they really have taken a liking to Damian Priest. I think it's a very good character. He's very good in the ring. He's very good at giving you quality matches. He's a talent that deserves time in the spotlight. Along with a lot of other people on the roster as well, literally. But thankfully, they really decided to give him the U.S. title here. As Damian Priest is a talent. I loved his work in Ring of Honor. And his work here at WWE so far has been good. I like how they've taken a liking to him. I wish they've taken a liking to a lot of other people over the years. Like Aleister Black. And so on. But I like how they really are pushing Damian Priest. I really hope it continues. Because I really think he can grow into a main event player for the company. And Sheamus, I would like to see back at some point in the main event scene. He can wrestle. There's no question about it. He's improved over the years. And in this run as well. He can be a good, useful Russell on their roster. Especially that he's on the Raw roster with his hardly anybody on that roster, literally. That can be of note. So I'm happy that they did the title change here and gave it to Damian Priest. It was the right move. Sheamus doesn't need the title, as he could probably go back and forth between the upper cod and mid cod. So this was a very good match. And quite frankly, one of the Better matches on this COD, which isn't saying much. The next positive that I have is also a positive and a negative. Is the Triple Threat Raw Women's Championship match. With Nikki Ash defending her title against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. This was a very good match. Don't get me wrong here. All three ladies really were great in this match. There was a lot of really good action here. As there are a lot of really good near falls. A couple of nice high flying spots as well. This was a very good intense match. This felt like a pay-per-view quality match. I enjoyed this match a lot. It's one of my favorite matches of the entire COD, literally. Even though there's not much to like on this COD. As there's a lot of matches on this COD where just either okay or just really irritate me but the charlotte flair nikki ash R rhea ripley match really did a great job in making sure that this 
was pay-per-view worthy. And this was high because a lot of these matches on this card were not pay-per-view worthy. This was probably one of a couple. And literally, it was a very good match. I liked how all three performers performed. There was one negative I have with this match. is the fact that literally, I could not tolerate seeing Charlotte Flair win another championship. As she made Nikki Ash submit to the figure eight. I know Nikki Ash wasn't getting over with the fans with the championship, but why did they have her drop it to Charlotte Flair? It's like it's becoming a running theme. Charlotte Flair has the title. The person with the money in the bank briefcase cashes it on Charlotte. Charlotte wins it back. It's like, why do we have to continuously have Charlotte Flair as a champion? If they're going to change the title, they should have just gave it back to Rhea Ripley, who should never have lost the title in the first place. But no, they decided to go with Charlotte Flair again. It's like they're trying to replicate her father's title reigns. And I don't like that. Seriously. I know she's a big name and the daughter of a Hall of Famer, but why do we need to give her the same amount of championships as her father has? As that's where I think this is heading, seriously, with Charlotte Flair. I think at some point they're going to get to 16 championships with Charlotte Flair. And why are we doing this? I admit, Charlotte Flair is a great performer, and probably one of the greatest women's wrestlers ever. As she's held either the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship a combined 11 times already, which includes this win. But, I don't believe in throwing the title on people just to give them another number in the stats. That's why I think they're doing Every time they give the title back to Charlotte Flair. It's just to build up the stat so she can get up to 16 championships. I just don't get it with WWE. Seriously. Let some new women hold the title. Instead, they go back to Charlotte and Becky as your champions. Let the new generation come in. I just don't get it. I really don't. But... Besides that, that was a very good match. I enjoyed this match a lot and is one of the best matches on this card. And this is why it's ultimately a positive. Even though it's a negative also, I'll rank it as a positive for this pay-per-view because it was such a very good match on a card where there weren't many good matches on this card. The final positive is probably the best Match of the night, Edge versus Seth Rollins. This was a dream match. I've been waiting for this match for a while, ever since this was announced. As I like Seth Rollins a lot, I like Edge a lot, going all the way back to the Attitude Era. So, this was a match I was really, probably the most looking forward to, considering there wasn't much looking forward to on this card. Now, I loved Edge's entrance. I like how Edge comes out to the Brood entrance music. Now, if you don't know what the Brood is, they were stable during the Attitude Era, 
which also had Gangrel and Christian, who you might know as Christian Cage in AEW. I always loved that stable. I wish they were up at the top of the cod during the Attitude Era. That's how much I loved it. And I like vampires a lot, literally. And this was like a vampire cult-like stable back in the Attitude Era. I wish they were a main event players, but they were never pushed to the main event level as a stable. But it was kind of cool to see Edge come out with the full brood entrance coming from underneath. That was such a cool moment. He started to walk to the ring before the brood music stopped. And we got Edge's entrance theme song. It was a really cool moment. The match itself was just great. Easily, I would put this down as one of the match of the year candidates. Literally. As both Seth Rollins and Edge are great in this match. They did deliver. In fact, that was probably the only thing on this card that was anticipated to deliver. That fully delivered. The Raw women's match, I was surprised, was a good match. The Damian Priest-Sheamus was surprisingly a good match. But this one I knew would be a very good match. It delivered on it. I love this match a lot. A lot of great spots in this match, including Seth Rollins hitting a superplex off the top rope and holding on and hitting a Falcon Arrow. That was a really good move. I like how Rollins countered a spear into a pedigree. I like how Edge had a really cool spot at the end of the match, which I'll explain in a minute. This was just a great match. This had great psychology. Rollins working on Edge's neck. Edge hitting a spear for a two count. Intense action. Great storytelling in the ring. This is all... I want in a match. In fact, this should have been the main event. This was WrestleMania-like good on a card where nothing seemed to go right. This is a great match. I enjoyed Seth Rollins versus Edge. This match was intense. This match really had some really cool moves, great psychology, some good spots. All you want in a top-tier match. I just wish most of the other matches had the same intensity and the same storytelling as Edge versus Rollins here. As this really is one of the best matches of the year, period. As Edge and Rollins really worked well with each other. The finish came when Edge puts Rollins in the crossface. For the first time, Rollins doesn't tap. Edge goes ballistic. Starts smashing Rollins' head into the canvas a couple of times. Puts a cross face on. Then gets Rollins to tap. That was a very good match. This match had great psychology. Great action. Great entrances. This is just a main event type match. I wish... WWE had more of these types of matches. If they did, I wouldn't be sitting here complaining about WWE all the time. If the WWE had this type of match quality most of the time, 
I'd be very satisfied with this promotion, but it's everything about this promotion I don't like. Match quality is one of them. But not here with Edge versus Rollins. This was a great match. I would put it up there as a candidate for match of the year. This felt like a dream match. Everything went right in the ring. And both performances really put everything on the line to make this match entertaining. Is literally a great match. Seriously. Probably the best WWE match I've seen all year. Rollins vs. Edge is definitely a match people should go out their way to check out. It's just a great match. Too bad it's on a bad pay-per-view like this one. And this wraps up the positives of SummerSlam 2021. I'll be back with the negatives as there's a bunch of them. Besides Anthony T's Horror Show, you can also listen to these other fine podcasts on the Doc Discussions Network. Doc Discussions, hosted by Phil Perone and Michael Darwin. You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Halloween Boutique, Psychotronic Reviews. And Searching for American Gods. You can find Doc Discussions on the web at www.docdiscussions.com and Doc Discussions is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Now we move on to the negatives. And there is some really glaring negatives on this pay-per-view as this was not a good pay-per-view this was one of those pay-per-views where it was just hard to sit through seriously you had literally three squash matches you had probably the greatest case of false advertising and you had your top championship matches annoy me this is the negatives of SummerSlam 2021. The first negative is the Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie match. This was like the second match on the card. This match was just thankfully short, first of all, because literally I could not take a 10 minute match with those two. This match was just, ugh. It, I literally just wanted to just fast forward through this match. The chemistry's not there. Eva Marie proves in 2021 that she still cannot wrestle. It's like, why is she still with this company? And people like Mercedes Martinez, Ruby Riot are gone. I don't get it. I really don't get why Eva Marie is still with this company. But this match was just boring. There was a spot where Eva Marie was slapping a doll. I can't stand that doll. I'm sorry. They got rid of Bray Wyatt, and this is the replacement we get. Alexa Bliss with a creepy doll. I'm sorry. And Alexa Bliss is a good wrestler, but this gimmick needs to go. I'm sorry. I am sick of that doll. There's no place for it. Seriously, there's no place for a character like Lily. I'm sorry. In wrestling, it makes Alexa Bliss look childish, and she should be one of their top female stars. Not playing with a doll. Just dumb. 
Commentary wasn't good on this match. This was basically a squash match with Alexa Bliss winning. Thankfully, it was a short match because literally, I could not take a 10-15 minute match with those two. I'm sorry. I cannot take even five minutes of Eva Marie rustling. I'm sorry. She's just not that good. I'm sorry. And Alexa Bliss is being wasted with this stupid feud with Eva Marie. She should be challenging Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash. Not feuding with Eva Marie and her sidekick Dewdrop, who is a good wrestler, but you will not know that because they changed her name from Piper Nevin to Dewdrop. As she was a really good wrestler on the British wrestling scene as a Viper, but you will not know that. Because WWE just doesn't want to showcase wrestling. After the match, Dewdrop takes Eva Marie's ring jacket, pronounces her as the loser, and leaves Eva Marie alone. Are they breaking up or are they not? Because I went on WWE's YouTube page and it looks like they're not breaking up. Will they make... A clear direction here. Are they broken up or are they still together? Because the post-match interview on WWE's YouTube channel makes it look like they're back together again. Come on. Seriously. Make up your minds. Is this a breakup or is this just an evolution of the story? I don't get it. What I saw on SummerSlam was the fact that these two are broken up. But you couldn't tell on WWE's YouTube, it looks like they're going to make amends. Make up your mind. Because this is confusing. Seriously. You got the pay-per-view saying they're broken up. Then you now got the YouTube exclusive saying they may get back together. This is what's wrong with WWE. There's no coherent storyline. Pay-per-view tells you one thing. YouTube tells you another thing. I don't get it. I really don't get it with WWE. And I wish this was the only thing that went wrong on this pay-per-view, but it doesn't. As this, They did something majorly stupider than this, which I'll get to at the end of this segment. But first, another negative to this pay-per-view was the needless segments. These are segments that we could have done without, literally. Seriously. This is about a couple where you could have just gotten rid of. You did not need to put that on this pay-per-view. First in point, Rick Boggs in the middle of the ring, getting ready to play Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance music. Shinsuke Nakamura comes out with his newly won IC title belt. You're thinking, oh, we're going to get an unadvertised Shinsuke Nakamura match. No, instead he just dances to the ring all the way to the SmackDown commentator's table so that Pat McAfee can get up top the table and dance along to the music. It was a complete waste of time. A waste of time when you have a four-hour pay-per-view. This pay-per-view went over four-plus. And to have a two-, three-minute segment like that on this pay-per-view when you're way over four hours is ridiculous. Come on, WWE. 
I do not need to see segments that waste my time. And this wasn't the only segment where it was a complete waste of time. On a pay-per-view, I want to see action. I don't want to see people dancing to the ring for no reason at all. It's a waste of my time on a pay-per-view that is way long as is. It's bad enough we get commercials during the pay-per-view. Now these major shows have to have needless segments. This is something you could have done on SmackDown. Not on a four-hour pay-per-view. I'm sorry. And that wasn't the only needless segment I have to gripe about here. The other needless segment is the fact that why do we need product placement on a pay-per-view? Seriously. It's bad enough I have to see commercials on a pay-per-view. Now I get to see product placement too? Seriously. I don't get WWE. It's like, first we have to have the Army of the Dead tie-in. You all know how that went. That match with Damian Priest versus The Miz with Zombies as Lumberjacks is still the worst match of the year. Even though there's another match on this card that could qualify as worst match of the year, I'll get to that a little later on. Anytime you put zombies in a match, it's always a bad idea. Unless it's Abaddon. Back to this other needless segment. There was a segment where Miz and Morrison are in the ring claiming they have some device called a Drip Stick 2000 that they are ready to soak the crowd with. Only problem is they did not bring this device to the ring. Instead, it was stolen by Xavier Woods. He brings that device along with a jug of pure life water and sprays Ms. Morrison after doing a Scott Hall impression. I don't get why WWE needs to do product placement. I don't get it. I don't like product placement in my movies, and I certainly don't like product placement in my wrestling. I don't understand why WWE needs to do this. This is probably a Nick Khan idea, in which he found some sponsor to put product placement in the middle of a pay-per-view. I don't want product placement. I just want wrestling. That's it. Wrestling. How hot is that? But instead we have goofy product placement. And it doesn't work well. I'm sorry. It's just so embarrassing to watch. It just makes wrestling look bad. Seriously. All these goofy segments with zombies, water trucks. Yes, Miz and Morrison brought a water truck to SummerSlam. That happened during the pre-show. It's stupid. It's just stupid, stupid, stupid. I wish we just have wrestling and wrestling only. Or have a promo regarding something. Not some stupid five-minute segment that is paid for by an advertiser. I'm sorry. I don't want advertising in my wrestling. I just want to see a pay-per-view and that's it. That's why it's a negative. Because I'm sick of needless segments. It's 4 hours and 11 minutes. This whole pay-per-view. This pay-per-view could have been trimmed about 10-20 minutes. Seriously. That's why I don't like 4-hour events that just go on for the sake of nothing. Just to get over a product placement. Or just to get over somebody's entrance. So they can have a moment. 
That's the problem with WWE. They're so focused on moments. I don't want moments. I want wrestling. And this pay-per-view seemed to focus on moments more than wrestling. And those are two examples. The next negative, and probably the biggest negative out of this whole pay-per-view, is the fact that they falsely advertise Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. This is what happened. First, they played a video package hyping up the Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair match. Then Bianca Belair comes to the ring. The ring announcer then announces that Sasha Banks isn't there at the venue and will not be on the card tonight. First of all, why the hell did they promote Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair on SmackDown? down when they knew this match was not gonna happen seriously wwe this is why this promotion earns the title this bleeping wrestling promotion it is stuff like this that makes me angry and i have to title this promotion this bleeping wrestling promotion because this was bs Seriously, I don't know why you promote a match between Bel Air and Banks when you knew probably days before that Sasha Banks wasn't going to be at the venue that day. I don't get this. I really don't WWE. Seriously, Vince, why are you promoting matches that aren't going to happen. If you told us fans that this match wasn't going to happen on the SmackDown the night before. And tell everyone that Bianca Belair will be facing a mystery opponent. Or just take the match off the card. Seriously, WWE. This is why I am fed up with this promotion. This is why I can't give any money to this promotion. I just can't. I can't give it a merch. I can't say I love WWE. This is why I use people think I am a WWE hater. Because I'm telling you the truth here. That is screwed up. That they promoted a match that they knew it wasn't going to happen. Why the hell are you running a video package before Bianca Belair's match? Seriously, you know the match ain't happening. Why are we seeing a video package? It's bad enough we have a four-plus-hour pay-per-view. You're wasting more time. Following that wasteless segment with King Nakamura dancing to the ring all the way to the SmackDown commentator's booth, which I'll talk about later, why are we wasting time? Seriously, Vince. It's like, you guys put on a four-hour-plus show. It's bad enough we have commercials in it. Why? Why do we have to sit through a video package of a match that isn't going to happen? That is false advertising. It ain't card subject to change. They should have been up front with the fans. The fans would have been forgiving. But instead, you guys continue to promote a match that was not going to happen. And worst of all, you killed maybe two or three minutes on a video package for a match that wasn't happening. This is why I hate WWE people. Seriously, they don't know what the hell they're doing. This is why I made a video a couple of weeks ago on the YouTube channel claiming this promotion, this bleeping wrestling promotion. Because it's things like this that 
makes WWE earn that title. Seriously. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about anybody. They just book as they go. I hate to tell you, you guys have competition now. And this stuff isn't gonna fly for much longer. As the worst thing you could do as a promoter is have to change the card at the last minute. I can understand if there's like some issues with travel or something that I understand. But when you knew about it and you pulled Banks and Bel Air off of a house show seven, eight days prior to SummerSlam, you should have been up front with the fans. Saying this match was not going to happen. But you didn't. You just decided let's just make the announcement at the pay-per-view. And this match was one of the most anticipated matches on this card. This wasn't some low-card, mid-card match. This was probably one of your top three matches on this card. And you guys just decided, oh, we'll just make the announcement at the pay-per-view. Not day of the pay-per-view. Not the night before the pay-per-view. Not a week before the pay-per-view. The exact moment that Bianca Belair came down to the rank. This is why WWE does not have goodwill from the hardcore wrestling fans. Because they continue to do stupid things like releasing popular wrestlers. And now we're just going to change the card right at the last second. Even though we know this match is probably not happening a week ago. They could have done this last night. Told everybody that Bianca Belair was going to face a mystery opponent. Or be off the card completely. But instead, they just went ahead, continued to promote the match, even though this match wasn't happening. And by judging when Carmella came out, the fans were pissed. Like everyone here, wanting Belair versus Banks, they were pissed off. You'd think it would get better. At least they would try to make up from the Bianca Belair Sasha Banks debacle. As guess who returns? Becky Lynch. She comes out to a thunderous ovation and then proceeds to attack Carmella and take her spot in this match. Okay. Now, so far the return of Becky Lynch has been going very good. Comes out to a thunderous applause. Attacks Carmella to take her spot in the match. Giving us a match that we want to see. But... Two moves later, the match is over. And Becky Lynch becomes the SmackDown Women's Champion. This bleeping wrestling promotion. Are you kidding me? Seriously? You just possibly buried Bianca Belair. This is ridiculous. Come on. Becky Lynch comes back, waltzes right into WWE, unannounced, wins the SmackDown Women's title. Literally. Come on. Seriously. This is the equivalent of CM Punk waltzing into AEW, beating Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Don't worry, AEW did not book CM Punk to win the championship, as his first match will be against Dobby Allen at All Out. But that's what it felt like, seriously. It's like, if they did Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, so Bianca Belair 
can lose in a match that had only two wrestling moves. This was WWE flipping off the fans. I know you're trying to gain traction because CM Punk appeared on AEW programming the night before, but this is not how you gain traction. In fact, this is, looks very bad. To make your young champion, Bianca Belair, job out to two wrestling moves. If this happened in AEW, there would be a riot. Literal riot. By having Becky Lynch beat Bianca Belair with two wrestling moves kills any interest in any rematches. Even though there's going to be rematches, why should I care? Really, why should I care about Bianca Belair now? Because you had your champion lose in a match with only two wrestling moves in under 30 seconds. That's ridiculous. Come on, WWE. Don't do your young talent disjustice. Have a five or ten minute match. Something. Or not do this at all. I don't get WWE. Seriously. They do the stupidest things. Wins and losses don't matter in this promotion. If you haven't figured that out by now, I don't know what to say. It's like, Becky comes back, you get a title shot. Goldberg, you come back, you get a title shot. John Cena, you come back, you get a title shot. Hey, Undertaker, do you want to come back? We can give you a title shot. Wins and losses don't matter. It just hurts the young talent that these big names just waltz right in, get title shots, and in Becky Lynch's case, wins. You're doing no favors to the next generation of wrestlers in that promotion. They should have never had this match to begin with. Seriously. As this really hurts Bianca Belair. I don't get WWE. Literally. This promotion continues to do the stupidest things that you can think of. I don't want to hear, oh, this is sports entertainment. It's a wrestling promotion. And by having Bianca Belair drop her title in under 30 seconds is a crime. I don't get it. I really don't get it, WWE. I really don't get it. Have a 5-10 minute match. Something. It does her no favors that she loses under 30 seconds. It hurts her. And it, especially because she's a young talent that is the future of the women's division in WWE. And instead, you have her lose her title in under 30 seconds. Why do they keep doing this? Seriously. They do this to all the very good wrestlers in this promotion. Don't get me wrong. I like Becky Lynch. But I don't want to see a 30-second match where she wins. It does nobody any good. But WWE thinks it does people good when they have 30-second matches. Why did they even bring Bianca Belair on SummerSlam if they weren't going to do 
the Sasha Banks match. Because out of the whole Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks mess, the person who got hurt the most is Bianca Belair. And quite frankly, that isn't right. Seriously. Bianca Belair should have never defended her title at SummerSlam. That would have been the best thing for her career. Now, I don't know what happens to her. Seriously. She may bounce back from it, which I hope she does. Because she is a very good talent. She knows how to get over. But having her lose in 20 seconds hurts her. And I don't know why someone in WWE thought that was a good idea. She's one of your most over acts on SmackDown. And to have her just lose in 20 seconds is ridiculous. Seriously. To someone who just came back. Which even made it worse. I don't get it, WWE. Seriously, Vince. Does anybody in creative have the notion to tell Vince that that might be a bad idea? Because it was mixed when Becky Lynch won in 20 seconds. That's not a good idea. And that's not the type of return you wanted out of a Becky Lynch return. As this was heavily botched, and I think this may have been a knee-jerk reaction after CM Punk showed up on AEW programming the night before. You know what? Oh, CM Punk just showed up on AEW. You know what we'll do? We'll have Becky Lynch show up at SummerSlam and win the title. It killed the CM Punk momentum. No, it did not do that. Instead, it comes at the expense of one of your best young talent. And that is a shame. That is a downright shame that Bianca Belair had to do a 30-second job for her championship. This showcased no one. I'm done talking about this. This is really ridiculous. Seriously. This and the Sasha Banks debacle shows why WWE is not my favorite promotion, quite frankly. They don't understand the fans. They only do things to please themselves. Not the fans. Not the networks. Themselves. And that is the major problem with WWE. And that is why it is this bleeping wrestling promotion. I'm done. I'll be back in a minute. As I also got to talk about the main championship matches on this card. As they're both negatives as well. Hey guys, this is Steven Christina. I'm the founder, owner, creator, and host of Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Are you looking for the best movie reviews, music reviews, video game reviews, and Comic-Con coverage all around? Well then look no further. Definitely check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on YouTube. And our new audio podcast, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Files version 2.0 on the following media distributors. Podbean, Google Play, Stitchers, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Pass is over, John! Pass is something new and improved! Every day there's a family struggling with hospital bills to care for their sick child who is fighting an illness. There's a woman who is fighting breast cancer and is having trouble making ends meet while paying for their treatment. And there are burn victims that are going through treatments to heal their deep wounds. There is a charity in the horror community that helps these people. Scares That Care is an organization that helps families deal with the bills for their child. They help women get the treatment they need to fight breast cancer, and they help people who are dealing with severe burns get the help they need to heal. 
Skirsak Care is a 100% volunteer organization and 501c3 nonprofit charity that is dedicated to helping these people in fighting real monsters. To find out more information or to donate to Scares That Care, you can go to www.scaresthatcare.org. Every donation helps Scares That Care fight real monsters. Welcome back. As you may know, some of this episode sounds different. That's because you truly forgot to hook the microphone up when doing this episode. This is how bad WWE SummerSlam is. I am like outraged that this was not a good pay-per-view. That I literally forgot to hook up my microphone. And I'm literally talking into the computer for most of this episode. Thankfully, I finally realized the microphone wasn't on, and I'm back with my microphone for the rest of this episode. And the next negative is the co-main event, Goldberg versus Lashley. I don't know how many negatives I have at this point with this pay-per-view. This is just, this has been a really bad pay-per-view up to this point. It just got even worse with Lashley versus Goldberg. This was a boring match. This felt like it was just like a basic wrestling match. Literally. There's not much excitement. This was one of those boring wrestling matches where I was literally bored out of my mind. There was really nothing exciting about Goldberg versus Lashley. This felt like a basic wrestling match. And basic wrestling matches don't work in 2021. It may work in the 1980s, the 1970s, but today you can't just have a basic wrestling match and think it's a very good match. It was not. It was boring. It was filled with body slams, clotheslines. Then the match gets off the rails when MVP hits Goldberg in the knee with his cane. You have a chop lock, dominator, the hurt lock, spear to the knee. Knee to the ring post twice. Goldberg gets up from that, but is unable to get up once he gets in the ring. Referee has to call for the bell. Referee stoppage. There is nothing good about Goldberg versus Lashley. I do not need to see a referee stoppage on a pay-per-view. It felt like a continuation. That they're going to continue with this feud. Literally. Sure, Goldberg may disappear for a couple of months, but I'm almost guaranteed we will see Goldberg versus Lashley at some point. Maybe at Crown Jewel. You know, the Saudi Arabia show? Don't get me started on that one. To make matters worse, the post-match was even more bad. Lashley grabs a chair and just continuously hits Goldberg in the knee. The match is over. That pretty much signals this feud is continuing. And especially after that, Goldberg's son jumps in the ring, tries to take Lashley unsuccessfully, and gets the hurt lock for his troubles. So you definitely now know that this feud is definitely continuing. Why does this feud need to continue? Please, for the life of me, 
It's bad enough we see Goldberg a couple times a year. Because, don't get me wrong, I think Goldberg is a nice person. I met him at a convention a couple years ago. Very nice guy. I don't think he belongs in the wrestling ring anymore. I'm sorry. It's just he can't go. I, he's lost a step or two. Maybe he's because of all the years of inactivity. But I do not want to see Goldberg versus Lachley again. And unfortunately, we are probably going to get that somewhere down the line. I don't know what is going on here. WWE just really aggravates me. Seriously. I do not need to see another Goldberg versus Lashley match in 2021 or 2022. Lashley needs to move on. And sadly, I think we're getting another Goldberg versus Lashley match. Most likely either at Crown Jewel or the Royal Rumble. Because that's the only thing I can think of. Because they pretty much guaranteed it with the post-match that we are going to get another match. It's ridiculous. Seriously. I do not want to see Goldberg wrestle. Even though he's a nice guy, he needs to retire. I'm sorry. I don't like saying this. Seriously. I don't like to say that about a person. That they need to retire. But Goldberg is not interesting anymore to me. And the fact that we're probably going to get Lashley versus Goldberg too is just mind-boggling. And to have a screwy finish like that on a major pay-per-view is ridiculous. But then again, this is WWE. As that was another negative to this pay-per-view. As quite frankly, this was not a good pay-per-view. And we're now getting up to the main event of this pay-per-view. John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. And this match was also not good. Seriously. It's like, this pay-per-view was just horrible. Literally. And the main event was no different. As I was really not into John Cena versus Roman Reigns. This match felt very slow. It's like the last two matches on this pay-per-view was very slow. And when you have a slow-moving pay-per-view, and you're not really building psychology, it's tends to get boring very quickly. And the last two matches on this pay-per-view was just very boring. And one of the reasons why I thought this match was very boring was all the annoying trash talking that Roman Reigns was doing in this match. Seriously, at one time I thought Roman Reigns was on a film set, not wrestling in a wrestling match, with the way he was running his mouth, literally. It was slowing this match down. I'm all for showing charisma, but this match felt like Roman Reigns was just running his mouth for a majority of this match, literally. And it got very tiring very fast. And when that happens, you're just sitting there playing with your hands because you are bored. And that's what I felt like in this match. I was bored. This match also literally felt like David versus Goliath at times when it didn't need to be. You have a legend in John Cena. You have Roman Reigns. You do not need to go the David versus Goliath route. But this match felt like it went through that route. 
You had John Cena hit his finishing move, the attitude adjustment, two times, maybe even three times during this match. Two times, one through an announcer table, one off the middle rope, all for two count. I just really don't get that. I knew John Cena was probably not going to win this match, but don't have him hit his finisher a couple times. Because after a couple of times, it just devalues his finisher. Seriously, I could not stand that. Seriously, someone hitting their finisher multiple times and not winning a match. I don't get that logic. This match also had old school John Cena being all goofy, playing with his hands. I hate that stuff. I really do. I hate that aspect of his character. But we get that in this match as well. I would have hoped there would have been something different. It would have been nice. But no, we just get goofy John Cena for most of this match. It never changes, really. Match ends when Roman Reigns hits two Superman punches, then hits his spear for the three count. Still WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. This was not a good match. This was just moving at a very slow pace. I would have loved to have at least seen the pace pick up a little bit. But it just, it was just hard. Half of it is because they literally foreshadowed the end result of that match. Where Roman Reigns threatened to leave WWE if he didn't win this match. That's usually a tell that the guy is going to win the match. I don't get it, really. Then, post-match, Roman Reigns celebrates in the ring, and none other than Brock Lesnar returns to WWE. So, you guess it. Brock Lesnar, you get a title match. It's like, does anybody have to win a match to get a title match in this promotion? I don't get it, literally. Goldberg can walk back into WWE. He can get a title match. Becky Lynch can walk back into WWE. And she can get a title match and win the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't get this promotion. I don't. Seriously. WWE SummerSlam, with the exception of the positives that I highlighted... And there were only a couple. WWE, with this year's SummerSlam, proved to me why WWE is this bleeping wrestling promotion. Because this pay-per-view was bad. Probably the worst show I've seen all year. And this is a major show. You know what? I'm done talking about SummerSlam 2021. This was a bad pay-per-view. If I had to give it out of five, I'd probably give it two out of five stars. And that's being generous. Because this pay-per-view could have easily been a one-star pay-per-view. A lot of bad stuff on this pay-per-view. I'll be back with a quick commentary to end this episode. They're coming to get you, Barbara. This is Carrie. This is Billy. This is Mr. Poe. And we are from a podcast from beneath. You can catch us every Wednesday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You'll find Anthony T's Power and Wrestling Show on these social media platforms. 
on Facebook, Instagram, and the Slasher app at Antiques Horror and Wrestling, and on Twitter at Antiques Horror. You'll find new episodes on DocDiscussions.com, major podcast providers, and YouTube. Welcome back. Now, sometimes I like to see reactions to see how people think about a certain moment or a certain match on YouTube. I usually would go to the Russell Talk YouTube channel as that and the Russell Talk podcast YouTube channel. I usually my go to when I want wrestling news. When I was looking for reactions on Becky Lynch's win, one of their commentators pointed a very good thing out. WWE books moments. Moments. When I see wrestling, I want to see matches. I want to see moments. I want the matches to be the moments. But WWE just... Bucks moments, i.e. Becky Lynch winning the SmackDown Women's title in under 30 seconds. They booked a moment so people can talk about it. That's the problem with WWE. If you book moments, then why bother having the rest of the match? Seriously, you're just booking for that one 10-second moment. You can't do that if you want good wrestling. You have to let the moments be organic. Not booking moments for the sake of just having a moment. So somebody can talk about it. Either in a positive or a negative way. That's what the Becky Lynch title win felt like. A moment. There was no wrestling. There's only like two moves. That's it. It's a moment. It wasn't a wrestling match. They booked a moment in that Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair match. And the commentator for Russell Talk was right. WWE is in the business of booking moments. And that's one of the biggest problems with their booking. If you book for just moments, everything else doesn't matter. The story... The in-ring work. It doesn't matter to WWE, apparently. Because they book moments. They want you to talk about that moment. I know they were trying to counteract AEW's moment. When CM Punk came back to professional wrestling after a seven-year absence. But that was an organic thing. Because... Punk hasn't stepped into a wrestling ring in seven years. And he shows up at this promotion for the first time. That's a moment. But he made the moment better through his in-ring promo skills. WWE just likes creating moments for moment's sake. And that's a problem. AEW creates moments organically. When someone returns to professional wrestling after a long absence, that's a moment. But it's an organic moment. Because 
That person is coming back for real. He's not being booked to win a title. He's just there to deliver a promo. And the fact that this promo took place in Punk's hometown in Chicago made it even more special. AEW doesn't create moments very often. They do it through the in-ring product. That's how they create the moments. Through wrestling matches. Not creating moments for moments sake. WWE proved with SummerSlam 2021. They're in the business of creating moments and content. When you're creating moments and content. You lose all sight of what this promotion is supposed to be. A wrestling promotion. Not a moments promotion. As it's not world moments entertainment. It's world wrestling entertainment. WWE has lost its way. And it was really clear evidence with SummerSlam 2021. And the commentator from WrestleTalk was right. WWE books moments instead of booking wrestling matches. That's all it is. They just book moments. Maybe that's the logic of WWE's booking. We'll just book moments. I agree with that theory 100% because WWE books moments. People wonder why I love AEW more than WWE. It's because AEW books wrestling matches and stories behind the matches. While WWE just books moments. The commentator from WrestleTalk was just dead on. Because I never thought of this theory until he brought it up after Becky Lynch won the title with only two moves in the match. The commentator from Russell Talk is right. WWE books moments. Next episode, I will be talking with writer-director John Powers about his short film War Dog. I'll also go into the CM Punk promo from Rampage. You know, the moment that CM Punk returned to wrestling. That'll be next episode. Then the episode after that will be my positive and negatives for AEW's All Out. That'll take place in episode 67. We got a lot of content coming out in the next couple episodes. So stay tuned. On Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling YouTube channel, I do not one but two vlogcasts. Covering all the pickups from Terrificon, the MVD sale in one video. In the other video, I cover VS, Halfway to Black Friday sale, Severance Mid-Year sale, and Criterion Collections sale. So, two videos with a lot of stuff that I picked up recently. Check that out. Check out reviews from the Horror Show on YouTube as well. As I reviewed Death Pock the End. I'm sorry this whole episode was WWE centered. But this pay-per-view was bad. 
With that, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other major podcasts. Providers, have a good day. Support indie wrestling and support indie horror.